Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, your brother, your friend, as always, Tazapah. 
And I am joined this morning once again by my wife, Hasadiah. Sure. And uh, welcome to Blog Talk, y'all, Bible Talk, sponsored by ISBHBK uh, here in San Antonio, Tejas. I want to send shouts out to our brother schools uh, in VA, Rochester, and H-Town, man. Hope everybody is healthy. Hope everybody had a great weekend, a great Sabbath, man. And um, hope everybody's good, man. Well, Michelle, for looking at the broadcast. I um, also want to send shouts out to the brothers in ABQ, man, and the Kurt. I know I sometimes forget you, brothers, man. Um, y'all are um, not forgotten. Y'all are definitely not forgotten um, in prayer and thought. I uh, hope you brothers are doing good out there, working hard, man. Um, any announcements, anything I want to know? I don't think so. So, y'all got quite a bit of information, um, as always. But uh, if it's your first time tuning into the show, I do about an hour of news, and then I get into the topic at hand. Uh, this topic uh, is a continuation of a class I started a couple weeks back, and it's pretty much a color class identifying us in the Bible um, and just bringing out different historical sources uh, to validate the Bible Um uh, and for any of you who've been in the truth for X amount of years, you've probably had a color class a thousand times over. Uh, but this one, um, I did a little different, but uh, still with uh, the same scriptures because, I mean, they just remix. All we're doing is remixing scriptures at this time. You ain't going to hear nothing that you haven't heard before. Or you might you may be you may be you may be seeing it in a different light or a different way than you saw it before. The Most High brings out more more of it to you, but uh, it's basically the same scriptures, man, that we've been going over. Um. So without further ado, let's go ahead and start. Uh, let's get Matthew chapter six and verse nine. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this is the prayer we need to be praying on the daily man to get the hell up out of this place. Because we're living in an a explosive time, y'all. I don't know if y'all been keeping up with the news, but I mean, we're going to get to it in a second, man. But all this stuff with uh, Kyrie and uh, Ye, um, man, they've opened, opened up the floor for questions. <laughs> if they haven't done anything else, man, people are inquisitive now about, uh, man, what are they talking about? Okay, these Hebrews and then these people that are Jewish, are they the Jewish people for real? Are they the Jews? Are they the people of the Bible? Or are we the people of the Bible? So it's definitely opened up a bunch of questions, and we're living in an exciting time, man. But at the same time, we want to get the hell up out of here, man. This is a means to an end. We do not want to stay here. The scriptures tell us in Micah chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, Rise and depart ye, for this is not your rest, man. Whew. This is not the place we should be resting and chilling out and Hoping to grow old together and 
all that no. I I definitely want to grow old, but I want to grow old getting the hell up out of here on the chariot. Uh, if I'm fortunate enough to make it or into the wilderness, if I'm fortunate fortunate enough to make it there, man, just let me see it. Just let me see it, man. And hopefully I can make it to the kingdom. And I don't care what position I have in the kingdom. I can be the sweeper. I'll just be the dude that sweeps up behind people or the dude with the napkin or the rag and the, the spray bottle to clean up behind people. Let me make it in a janitorial capacity if that is the case. As long as I get I can be the dude just picking up litter, <laughs> picking up trash. Let me let me just get there. Let's get Psalm chapter uh, 118, verse 24, please. Psalm 118, 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. No doubt, man. Good or bad, happy to sad, happy to sad. The most high brought you to and bring you through it. And you come out better on the other side because of it, y'all. So while we're here, while we got to deal with this place, while we're here in Babylon, uh, let's appreciate and enjoy every day that the most high gives us, um, and I said this too yesterday to a coworker, man. It's a line I'll never forget. I forget from one of them damn gangster movies. But the dude said, every day above ground is a good day, man. And those are facts, man. Like I said, good or bad, happy or sad, man. If the most high allows you to open your eyes this morning, it's a good day. I don't care what it looks like outside. I don't care what's going on around you, what you're dealing with, what you're going through. It's a good day, man. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Is what the most high created. All right, so anyway, man, let me go ahead and jump into the news. Uh, get the first article. I don't know if y'all heard about this. Sister. Yeah. Tragic, tragic, tragic news, man. Make sure I ain't on mute. Did that last week. Was just talking, talking to myself. Okay. You got it? Tell me what you're reading from. From the New York Post, new video shows U.S. tourist Shanquilla Robinson with pals before mysterious death at Mexico Resort, reported November 21st, 2022. So I don't know if y'all heard about this, man, but this sister went on vacation with supposed friends and ended up leaving, coming back home in a body bag. Tragic damn story. Um, I... I I let my children uh, read this, and we read it to them, just to educate them, man, on everybody ain't your friend, man. Everybody is not your friend. And these are the times, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, both of them, really, uh, because we got to take the good with the bad. It's getting worse by the day because, like Christ told us in Matthew chapter 24, all these things must come to pass. And when you read that chapter, things are frightening. They're very frightening, they're very scary, but they have to happen in order for our Messiah, who we know is a black man, to come back and save us out of this place, man. So I was just educating them on this, man, situation and letting them know that everybody ain't your friend, man. And we don't get to that in a second, but read on in the article. New video has emerged of a North Carolina woman shortly before her mysterious death at a Mexican resort as she playfully jokes with friends. 
Shanquella Robinson, 25, sounds upbeat in the clip, which she reportedly shot at the luxury Fundadores Beach Club in San Jose del Cabo, according to Radar Online. It don't take that long to get naked. Where y'all at? Robinson yells lightheartedly as she walks into a room at CaboVillas.com's Villa Linda 32, where the group discusses what bathing, bathing outfits to wear. The short clip was posted on the Neighborhood Talk account on Instagram, where users, users shared their thoughts about the woman's demise. Wow, this is sad. You can tell they had a problem with her and probably didn't say anything because she walked in recording, one person wrote. So she went on vacation with her supposed friends, and from what I'm hearing, a couple of them were some letter people, some punks that went on. But basically, they set her up to murk her. You know, it's very tragic. And, of course, it's us. I mean, listen to the name, you know, their giveaway. But look at the way we're treating each other, man, and have been for quite some time. This is the reason we even here in captivity in the first place, because we broke the commandments, chiefly the commandment that says to love your brother or love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because this is definitely not love, man. This is an extreme level of hate. But read on. Robinson, who traveled to the resort with a group of friends on October 28th, was found dead the following day. At first, her friends said she died from alcohol poisoning, but a homicide probe was launched after an autopsy found she suffered severe spinal cord injury and atlas luxation, an instability of the first two neck vertebrae. A horrifying video also went viral showing her being beaten in a hotel room. And they recorded the whole thing, man. They broke this child's neck. My condolences, uh, my heartfelt sympathy goes out, man, to the parents. Uh, unfortunately, I know the experience of losing a child. Uh, and it's something that um, I don't want nobody to go through, man. Nobody has to bury their child, man. It's sad. Is, is, is very sad and is, is really um, sickening to even hear stuff like this. Go ahead. On Saturday, Shankwala's father, Bernard Robinson, told TMZ that he believed the attack was a setup because his daughter was not one to get involved in fights. They attacked her, man. This ain't some, my daughter was asleep, man, for all of them to be in that hotel, in that room, and then, you know, they come in there like, no, she woke up or whatever the way it seems like they attacked her, man. The grief-stricken dad told the outlet. And she naked. Man, you know, for a father to see that video, man, you know, because my daughter's not a fighter, man. She's not a fighter at all, he added. They beard her to death while she had no clothes on, man. Go ahead. The state attorney general's office of Baja California third last week said an investigation was initiated for femicide a hate crime in which women are killed due to their gender. No, right, because I did mention the punks that she was with, and it definitely was some hating going on for them to set her up and do her this way, man. Go ahead. On Saturday, funeral services were held for Shanquella at the Macedonia Baptist Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, WBTV reported. We came to ensure there's enough people putting pressure on the entire system to do what is necessary to get justice for this woman, said activist Tamika Mallory. Losing a loved one in this heinous way in which has happened to Shanquella, there will probably never be peace for them, she said. But there cannot be, there cannot just be an open situation. It has to be closed with truth, and it has to be that there is accountability for those that are responsible for her death, Mallory added. 
The FBI told WBTV on Friday that it has opened an investigation in the death of Charlotte resident Chantal Robinson in Cabo San Lucas, San Lucas, Mexico, on or about October 29, 2022. Due to the ongoing investigation, we have no further comment, the agency added. Meanwhile, Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving, who has apologized for promoting an anti-Semitic movie, donated $65,000 to help pay for expenses and legal fees for Shanquella's family. Look at Kyrie, man. He, he's, he's waking up, y'all. The brother's really uh, caring for his people. And um, I just seen a, watch a, uh, his press conference, and we'll get to that. Um, but um, I like the way he's handling himself. The brother's not stupid. But definitely not stupid, man. And we definitely, I support you, Kyrie, man. Keep doing your thing, brother. Um, so let's get Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha, chapter 6 and verse 7. Ecclesiasticus, chapter 6 and verse 7. If thou wouldest get a friend. Now listen to what it's saying. If you want to make friends, you want to make some friends, call people your friends, read. Prove him first. What does it say? Prove him first. You got to prove whether or not this person is actually your friend, man. Does this person have good intentions? Does this person have uh, your health and well-being um, and good standards? Do they really care about you? Listen, y'all, y'all can't just be thinking just because you see somebody every day, y'all have a conversation with them every day, that that person's your friend. <laughs> that ain't your friend. The friend is the person that when you're sick, they're asking about you. They're trying, they trying to give you some medicine and get you some care to get you better. The friend is that person that when you ain't got it, they got it. The friend is that person you can be able to talk to and be yourself around. That's a friend. You know, there's another scripture that says that there's him that is a friend in name only. And that goes that goes around quite a bit. When somebody is just a friend in name only, and I tell my children all the time, man, that person ain't your friend. That person is your acquaintance. The people you see every day you have a conversation with, that just because you see them every day or work with them or go to school with them or whatever, they ain't your friend. They're just people you're acquainted with. You cross paths with because y'all be in the same arena doing the same stuff. But that's not a friend. Read it again. If thou wouldest get a friend, prove him first and you be. You better prove him first. Make sure they really is solid. Your legitimate friend. Read. And be not hasty to credit him. Being hasty to credit somebody as being your friend is by calling an acquaintance a friend and you really ain't proved them yet. That's the hastiness. Oh, that's my friend, using that term loosely as hell, because I bet this sister actually thought that these people were her friends. I mean, why, why the hell else would she go on vacation with them? You hang out and go on vacation with people that you like, that you think your friends. And the whole time, they hold a straight malice for her, setting her up. And I bet she paid for the damn trip. At least paid for somebody, because that's what friends do because she was a friend to them they obviously wasn't a friend to her go to Isaiah chapter 1 and start verse 3 
Isaiah 1 and 3. The ox knoweth his owner. Now listen to this. Read. And the ass his master's crib. Now these are beasts of burdens. You know, just like a pet you might have around the house, like a dog. A dog knows its owner. You call the dog name, he come to you. You tell the dog to sit down, he sit down. You tell the dog to shut up, he shut up. They they respond to these commands because they know their owners. A cat even. A, any domestic pet you can think of. When the Most High is using this analogy to tell us this, read it again. The ox knoweth his owner, mm-hmm. and the ass his master's crib. Mm-hmm. But so it, it says, and the ass knows his master's crib. You know where you get your meat from. You know where you get fed and taken care of from. You know where it comes from. You never heard that saying, don't bite the hand that feeds you? This is what it's going into. Now watch this. Read. But Israel does not know. But our people don't know who's feeding us. Our people don't know who's had mercy on us. Our people don't know who's given us the grace, which is the time to get ourselves together before the return of our Savior, Yahweh, who the world calls Christ. We don't even know this. We just out here living aimlessly, doing whatever, thinking that we don't have an obligation. Read. My people does not consider. Our people don't even consider that there is a higher power, that we have a maker, that we're responsible for something, that we owe a debt, innocent man to debt. Talking about Christ. It was us, our ancestors that killed him. And we still put him to an open shame every day we break a commandment. Every day we don't love each other. Every day we ain't looking out for each other. Every day we turn we turn in the other cheek when we see our brother or sister in need. Every day when we're holding those grudges against each other. And we got beefs. You know. Ah, sinful nation. What what type of nation are we? Sinful nation. He said sinful nation. He said, mind you, he didn't say sinful individuals because <clears throat> there are some of us that think we're better than others. He said, oh, sinful nation, all of us, because we came here for punishment as a nation, and the only way we're getting out of here is like what? As a nation, not as individuals. Read. A people laden with iniquity. Read on. A seed of evildoers. Mm-hmm. Children that are corruptors. Children that are corruptors. Like this corrupt incident that happened with this young lady, man. That's got her coming home, like I said, in a damn body bag. Read. They have forsaken the Lord. What's the problem? They have forsaken the Lord. Why did they kill her? They have forsaken the Lord. You know, because the church, and I bet these punks was in church, too. That's where you always find the punks in church. I bet they was all up in church hearing what from the from the pastor. Oh, the law is done away with you. You got to keep the law. Well, guess what, Mr. Pastor, Mr. Preacher? The law says to love your brothers, you love yourself. But you're telling people they ain't got to keep that law no more. It's all about love. God is love. This ain't love. We don't. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. And the Most High has pissed the hell off because he's got a bunch of degenerate children acting a damn fool, killing each other. Read. They are gone away backward. 
We're going where? Backwards. We're some backwards-ass people, man. To do this to your own people, to do this to your own people without regard that this young lady is somebody's daughter, somebody's sister, somebody's cousin, the same way you are. This is the most I was trying to trying to trying to tell us when he told us to love our neighbors who love ourselves. That means let me consider. I don't want to be treated like this, so I ain't gonna treat nobody else like this. But our people don't know this. They haven't been thoroughly educated on who they are, what their purpose is, who they belong to. Our people lost. Read. Why should ye be stricken anymore? The most high said, I'm tired of punishing y'all. Read. Ye will revolt more and more. But I have to because y'all some hard-headed, stubborn people. Y'all some stubborn niggas. Y'all keep revolting and going against the grain. Read. The whole head is sick. The what? The whole head is sick. All of us are sick. If it's it's not from the transatlantic slave trade or Jim Crow, the lynchings or redlining, we all have been exposed to what they call a PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. I don't care what walk of life you came from as an Israelite, you have it. You've been traumatized in some way or form or fashion. The whole head is sick. And you know what? Ain't no money going to fix that. So don't even start talking about no damn reparations. The word reparation means to repair, repair something. Who's going to psychologically or spiritually repair us? Nobody but Christ. Nobody but the words that's in this book. You know, and I've seen the interview that was done with the brother uh, that made the movie, Hebrews the Negroes. Uh, it was conducted by uh, ISU, uh, ISUPK. And um, the brother, this one nigga just got on there, just got to run in his mouth, man. F, F Abraham, F, F history. We not going back to the stone. I mean, he just went there, man. Just went there. And the reason I'm bringing this up, man, because you got a lot of ignorant niggas like this. And they're going to be part of the two-thirds that's going to be killed, man. They got to die because they're so damn ignorant. So forget history. Forget where you came from. This is the reason we're in the, the conditions we're in now because we don't even understand that we're, we were brought here as a punishment. And the Most High is trying to whip us back into shape, so to speak, to get us to come back and start keeping the commandments. We don't. And the whole heart faints. Mm-hmm. The whole heart, talking about the mind, is faint. It's weak-minded people. Because we don't have the strength that the Bible offers because we won't pick it up and read it. And if we do, we get a tainted vision of what it's really saying or tainted interpretation by pastor. Read on. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it. You said we're not a sound people, man. Read. But wounds. We got what? But wounds. We got wounds. All of us got wounds. We got this baggage that we're carrying from childhood. 
Come on, stop thinking that you ain't traumatized, man. You are. A lot of us try to hide or block out the pain that we went through or experienced as children, but you can't get around that. There's going to be a situation or an instance that brings you right back to it or somebody in your life that reminds you of what you suffered as a child. And guess what? You're going to start taking that out on them. That's called trauma, y'all. Those are wounds. The wounds of most high trauma. I'll read it again. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds read. and bruises. And bruises. We're wounded and bruises, bruised and hurt. Read. And putrefying sores. Sickness. Open wounds. Open sores. Scabs that haven't fully healed. Read. They have not been closed. Read. Neither bound up. Nobody has bound our wounds up. Because like I said, nobody can but Christ through the words that he spoke or left for us in this book, all throughout this book. This is the medicine, y'all. This is the healing. You want to get a healing? This is the healing right here, y'all. This book was left to heal us, to remind us of our past, to remind us how effed up we are as a people. But the Most High did not leave us like Christ said, I will not leave you comfortless. We don't. Neither mollified with ointment. Not even treated. So our wounds have not been treated. Read. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. You know, that's all I want. That's all I want. Let's get uh, let's get the next article. Cause we yeah we only got thirty minutes. I need to jump into this topic. Which one? Training. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. This next article is. This is from the WashingtonExaminer.com. Letter people again. Here we go. Transgender influencer locked up in men's jail following Miami arrest, reported November 10, 2022. <laughs> so I, I heard about this, and I thought, hey, man, this dude, the analogy I was using, is going to be happy as a punk in the penitentiary. <laughs> you want to be a woman? But they put you and they put you around a bunch of men. I mean, what else could you ask for? Ain't that where you want to be? You present yourself that way. Read on. Transgender YouTube star and influencer Nikita Dragon was placed into a men's jail unit after the content creator walked around a hotel pool naked and threw objects at officials Monday. This fool was walking around the damn hotel naked and throwing stuff at people. You cannot tell me that homosexuality is not an illness, y'all. I don't care what they uh, went in and revamped it as in 1973. I don't know what I don't care what they revamped it as. It's still a mental illness. This is the proof right here. Read on. Dragon, whose real name is Nikita Wynn, is a biological male who identifies as female and was held in the men's unit of Miami's Turner-Guilford Knight Correctional Center, according to a report. Prior to the arrest, Dragon is reported to have disturbed the staff and guests of the Good Time Hotel. 
the content creator began by walking around the pool naked and throwing water at staff when they approached. Mm, mm, mm. Now jump down to the point with the judge and what he asked for. Okay. A representative for Dragon heavily criticized the holding of the transgender influencer in a men's prison unit. Why? Why are you criticizing that? He a dude. He should be with other dudes. You know. Quote, the situation with Nikita, who is legally female, being placed in a men's unit of a Florida jail is extremely disturbing and dangerous, Jack Kitsoyan said. This decision made by the Miami-Dade County Corrections Department directly violates their protocol, which mandates that transgender inmates are classified and housed based on safety needs and gender identity. So now it's just, I guess they got to make a new jail for these fools, for these mentally ill people. Because there was another article. I didn't get this one, y'all, but I don't know if y'all heard about this one. So they put this trainee in a female's prison, right? And he ends up getting a couple of the inmates pregnant. Hmm. I guess he hadn't really made up his mind, huh? But now they're mad because they put this dude with dudes. So we, I mean, what y'all going to do? Y'all can't have it, you know, both ways, man. And I'm sick of this sick place catering to these damn people, giving them what they want, man. It's like, it's like a kid that throws a tantrum. I'm okay. You don't want, you don't want the hot dog. Okay, I won't give you the hot dog. You want juice? I'll give you the juice. Oh, now you want the hot dog again? Okay, I'll give you the hot dog back. I mean, damn, that's what they're doing. They pacifying mentally ill people. This is sickening, man. Let's get um Ecclesiasticus chapter one verse fifteen. No, Ecclesiastes one fifteen. The article goes, we're going to read all the article, but the judge was trying to accommodate this fool by putting them in, um, I guess, isolation. They want, they requested it, and the judge said no. Oh, the judge told him no? Yeah. He had to stay a day in the men's unit uh-huh. for him. Good. <laughs> read this. Ecclesiastes in the Bible, chapter 1, verse 15. That which is crooked. That which is what? That which is crooked. Read. Cannot be made straight. He, he, he's definitely crooked. <laughs> you can't straighten this situation out because the whole situation was brought by a crooked society, a crooked man. You're trying to make it right by requesting that he be put in a, a women's prison? Come on, dude. Read it again. That which is crooked cannot be made straight. You can't straighten the sickness of this country out. For allowing stuff like this to happen And that which is wanting Cannot be numbered Now give me Romans chapter 1 and verse 25 These people man Change the whole English language Identifies as a I mean, come on, man. Did you ever think we'd be living in a day and age where terminology like that is used? Identify as a female. Roman. And it was a lot of people came out and they did spoof. Well, I identify as a rich white man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just clowning the logic in this mess. We should be clowns. Go ahead. Romans 125. 
Who changed the truth of God into a lie? The truth is he's a dude, but they trying to make him a woman. That's a lie. I don't care what you put on his paperwork. Biology is biology. Anatomy is anatomy. We went to school. Come on, y'all. Act like it. Read. And worship and serve the creature more than the creator. Because this is the problem. They worship in themselves more than worshiping the most high. Because they were worshiping and honoring the most high, they would stay with the most high created them to be, male or female. Read. Who is blessed forever. Amen. Read. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affection. So because they worship themselves over than the most high, they value their own opinion over them what the Most High said in his book that he left. Because of that, the Most High did what? Gave them up unto vile affection. The Most High said, okay, I'm going to give you over to your um, your wickedness, to your um, agenda, your sexuality, your fantasy, your, um, your lasciviousness, your strong lust. I'm going to give you over to it. Read. For even their women did change the natural youth into that which is against nature. Dykes, lesbians, Thames, whatever the hell y'all want to call them, it's not natural. The waste of a uterus is not natural. Read. And likewise also the men. And the men, likewise, doing the same thing. Read. Leaving the natural use of the woman. Leaving leaving the, what they call the women? Fish. Leaving the fish. You mean. Read. Burned in their lust. They what? Burned in their lust. Lust just burning them. Burning in them. It's, it's uncontrollable lust. That's why you got this fool running around butt naked in a damn hotel looking for Johnsons. Read. One toward another. And I ain't talking about Howard Johnson either. They burn what? Burned in their lust one toward another. They burn in their lust one towards another. Read. Men with men. Men with what? Men with men. One's pitching, the other one's catching. Read. Working that which is unseemly. It's what? Unseemly. No, it's beautiful to watch. Unseemly. I don't have a problem with it when I see it displayed. I don't flinch. Unseemly. It's a wonderful creation. Unseemly. God loves everybody. Unseemly. It's unseemly. Nobody want to see that. Nobody wants to watch that mess. It's unseemly. It's sickening. Read. And receiving in themselves that recompense of their error. And the most high, it says they're going to receive themselves the recompense. Recompense means payback. And it says the error. The error, not the rightness, meaning that they're in error. They're sadly mistaken if they think I'm a man born in a woman's body or vice versa. They're sadly mistaken. That's their error. Read. Which was meat. It was what? Meat. It this is the error, I'm sorry, or the recompense was meat. The word meat means proper. The recompense that they get is proper. So this dude being in a a, a, a man's prison, that's proper. <laughs> the most high is getting you back for the error of your ways. Nothing's wrong with that. Read on. And and, and the judge saw it that way also. <laughs> Read. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. They didn't like to retain the knowledge of God, which tells you what? That a man should not lay with another man as with a woman. That's in Leviticus, what, 18 and verse 10, I think it is. I might have the verses wrong. 
No, 2013, I think it is. Yeah, 2013 Leviticus. They don't want to retain that in in their mind. They don't want to retain that God made them from the beginning. Male and female created he them. Separate sexes, not the same, not crossbred. The most high didn't create the trainees and the, the transform. He didn't create none of that. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. He gave them to a reprobate mind. The word reprobate, reprobate means beyond saving. These people gone. They cannot be saved. Read. To do those things which are not convenient. And to do what? Those things which are not convenient. It's not convenient for you to go to a man's prison posing as a woman, is it? <laughs> That's not really convenient for you, is it, homie? And even through this all this ordeal, I bet you still won't change his mind about his sexuality, about his preference. All right, let's get to the next one about the, the hair. From AboveTheLaw.com, reported October 25th, 2022. I did not expect perms to be legally relevant, yet here we are. (laughs) By Chris Williams. I pray that counsel referred to relaxers as creamy crack at least once in the brief. There is a lot to say about good hair and bad hair, so much so that you could make a whole documentary about it. Uh, Chris Rock did, by the way. The main name of the movie is called Good Hair. I don't know if y'all saw it, but it was a great documentary. Read. The Crown Act is what immediately comes to mind when I think about black hair in legal settings. But a new lawsuit is set to change that association. Three lawsuits over hair relax made by Revlon, L'Oreal, and others join other cases that focus on consumer products targeted to black women. The lawsuits filed in federal courts in New York, California, and Illinois follow on an October 17th study from the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences that found women who used hair relaxers more than four times a year were more than twice as likely to develop uterine cancer. Y'all hear this? All our sisters out there. Our sisters, man, our people want heathen hair. Shout out to Sakari and um, the deacon, man. <laughs> they want heathen hair, man. And now they have to pay the ultimate price, their private parts. Their private parts are being affected by this. Ain't that something, man? Let's get uh, Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 19. So this sounds like it's going to be a class action lawsuit, y'all. Uh, I don't know how they're going to uh, market this. I guess if you're a black woman, you can sign up for it. I don't know all the information. Um, it's sad, and you can understand how, like it tells us in Psalms 82 that um, they are confederate against the most high people. They are. They knew this. They knew it would cause these problems, but they didn't care. They just made money off of us at the same time, destroying us as a people. And the 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 most effective way you can destroy a people 
is by stopping their reproduction. This is why you get a lot of sisters that have to have uh, hysterectomies and get their uh, parts took out and all these surgeries that prevents them from having babies anymore, man. Read this. Jeremiah 2 and 19. Your own wickedness shall correct thee. This is what the Most High said. He said your own wickedness is going to correct because you want to have healing hair. Because you want to have the straight flowing hair that you can bounce around and throw in the wind. And a lot of our women throwing blonde all in their hair. That's the curse of leprosy. It tells you that in Leviticus, the 13th, 14th, and 15th chapter talks about leprosy. Blonde hair is not fashionable. It's not a good thing. It's a curse thing. Most I say your own wickedness is going to correct you, and it has. You're trying to go out of your way to look like them when they've been trying to look like you. I guess you don't recognize that. You're trying to live up to their standard of beauty, and it's costing you your damn reproductive organs. Read on. And thy backsliding shall reprove thee. Read. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God. An evil thing and it's bitter. Bitter how? Because now, like I said, your private part is getting removed. All because you're so vain and ignorant and want to look like your your captor. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Our women walk around damn contacts in their head. Straight hair. Come on, man. Read. And that my fear is not in thee. And the fear of the Most High is not in you. Is that it? Saith the Lord God of hosts. What verse is that? 19. Keep reading. Read 21. For of old time I have broken thy yoke and burst thy bands, and thou saidest, I will not transgress, when upon every high hill. It says, we will not transgress, because our people are the first ones saying, well, I love the Lord. The Lord know my heart. I don't want to do nothing against go against God. We say this, but what? When upon every high hill and under every green tree, thou wanderest playing the harlot. But we play the hoe. We hold ourselves out for free. It tells us in uh, Ezekiel, it says that um, even whores get paid. It says, but we don't get paid. We pay our lovers. We prostitute and hold ourselves out for free, man. The nations make money off us for free. We don't even sell them our culture. We give it to them. We just straight out give it to them. You look at any other culture, the Chinese, the Japanese, you want to learn how to do karate or whatever, you got to pay them at their little dojo. They sell their culture. But we give everything away for free, B-boy style, because we give it away for free. How to rap, give it away for free. Poetry, give it away for free. We don't put a price tag on none of our coaches. We get everything away for free. Our dances. You know what we should have been doing? We should have been putting patents on every dance that you're seeing on TikTok now. Should have been a patent on it. We're the only people that just give everywhere, everything away for free. And like I said, man, I don't want to be running around here get, getting the heathen hair, trying to look like white folks, and white folks can't stay out of damn tennis salons. They can't stay uh, out of these uh, cosmetic offices getting the Botox in their lips, trying to get, get in the Kim Kardashian fake booties. They can't stay out of those places trying to look like you. 
you know, I remember that tennis player was mocking Venus. I forget her name. But she was mocking her, but at the same time, she wanted to be her. Because they say what? Imitation is the best form of flattery. Yet I have planted thee a noble vine. The most High say you planted us noble, read. Holy, a right seed. Mm-hmm. How then art thou turned into the degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me? Now we just damn degenerate. The most high don't even recognize us. Yeah. I'm sorry. Let me figure out where you're at. What verse was you at? That was the end of 21. All right. Uh, all right. I'm going to Isaiah chapter 3 now. Step up and bring it on, series. Oh, yeah, white kids doing what we do, man. And I be telling my kids, man, when I see them watching that crap, I'm like, man, y'all love watching Wiggers. Y'all love watching other people do y'all. Let me get uh, Isaiah chapter 5 and what verse I want to go to? Verse, uh, no, I'm sorry, y'all. Chapter 3. We'll start at verse 16. And what's up with you, cuz? Good to see you tune in. Uh, Isaiah chapter 3 and verse 16, and it reads, Moreover, the Lord said, Because the daughters of Zion, so our women, it says, are haughty. Haughty means proud, man. Our women are prideful as hell. Can't tell them nothing. It says, uh, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with stretched forth necks and wanton eyes, walking and missing as they go, and making a tinkling with their feet. It says, Therefore the Lord will smite will smite with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion. This is why you see our women chicken head. What what? What what chicken head? What please? What have chicken head? It's why our women chicken head, man. It's a curse from the most high. This is why you see them, man. Bald head, scaly way. Ain't got no hair in back, jailed up, weaved up. Her hair is messed up. This is this is a curse from the Most High, man. It says, therefore the Lord will smite thee with a scab, the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will discover their secret parts. What do you know? Huh, would that have anything to do with the perms right now and how it's affecting our women's private parts? What do you think the secret parts is, man? It's talking about the privates. The most I did this. This is the punishment for our women. Remember, why is he punishing them? Because they prideful as hell. Because they can't be told nothing because they strong black women. No, they're argumentative-ass black women. They don't make them strong because you argue. They don't make you strong. A strong black woman is a woman that's an order with her husband, that's care about her family, preparing things for her family. You got to go back and read Proverbs chapter 31. The whole chapter is talking about a woman doing things for her husband and her family and her neighbors. And she was noticed and praised for that. She wasn't praised because she had the damn uh, harsh hair hanging down to her butt or she had the latest handbag and none of that mess. She wasn't praised for that. She was praised because she cared and took care of her family, her husband. That's why she was praised. All right. 
gonna jump down to verse uh, 21. It says, uh, "So we're in Isaiah chapter three, verse 21. It says uh, the rings and the the nose shoes. So it gives a list list of things the Most High took away from our women. You can go back and read it yourself." But it said the Most High was going to take away the rings, the nose jewels, uh, verse 22, the changeable suits of apparel, and the metries, and the wimp, the wimples, and the crispening pins. The crispening pins are talking about the old school Carolyn iron, y'all. I don't know if y'all old enough to remember that. I know I'm telling my age, because I know you remember it too, when your mama had that uh, hot comb or that, uh, the, what they used to call it? The straightening comb, and this is back in the days because St. Louis we got gas, so we had actual flames. They used to sit that uh, hot comb on top of those flames and let it get hot. They had that damn uh, curling oil out, and all you hear was the. And your mama had to put the damn Vaseline on your ears and on the back of your neck and on your edges, so it wouldn't burn the hell out of you. <laughs> But that's what the uh, the christening pins is, man. It's the curling iron. So ain't nothing new under the sun, man. We had curling irons way back then. And I'm bringing this out to say, black women, man, y'all have the most beautiful hair on the face of the planet. And it's so versatile. You can corn roll it up. You can braid it up. You can twist it. Or you can get the curling iron, which is not unlawful, and you can just press your hair. Hell, they got methods now where you ain't even got to get the curling iron. You got, I forgot what they call it, damn saran wrap wrapped around your head with no chemicals to straighten your hair. Our hair is so versatile like that. You can do many things with it. You ain't got to resort to putting some damn uh, perm in your hair, messing up your private parts. And I'm old enough to remember, man, I still see it. Little babies, man, babies, three, four years old, damn perms in their hair, man. And then you know how a perm is. You got to keep getting them. You got to keep getting them or cut the perm off and let it grow back naturally. Damn babies look like a chick, a plucked chicken. This is exactly what they look like, man. So that term chicken head, that's where it came from. That's what they look like, a damn plucked chicken. All right, um, let's read the last article now about the brothers. Now, I said we're going to get back to it, man. So Kyrie Irving, man, he's just been reinstated. And I like the way the brothers is handling himself, man. And let me applaud, man, IUIC, man. Give a round of applause for them brothers, man. Applaud them brothers and applause for the most high, man. Okay. Tell you how about Shemel Shah, or in other words, all praises to the most high, man. Blessed be the most high. Blessed be your house, child Christ. These brothers, man. So read the headlines. Reported on AMNY.com on November 20th, 2022. Black Hebrew Israelite group continues protests outside Nets game at Barclays Center. Says continue. So these brothers have been protesting for a hot minute, man, but back in Kyrie. You know? 
A group of black Hebrew Israelites protest outside Barclays Center in support of Kyrie Irving on November 20th. For the second straight game at Barclays Center, a black Hebrew Israelite group protested ahead of the Nets showdown with the Memphis Grizzlies Sunday night. The group was there in support of Kyrie Irving, who was coming back from what had been an eight-game suspension handed down by the Nets. The group, which was wearing shirts with the name Israel United in Christ, stood near the top of the Atlantic Avenue subway entrance with a large group as they preached their message over a portable sound system. Other members stretched a large swath of the arena on both the Atlantic Avenue side of the Barclays Center and the Flatbush, Flatbush Avenue side of the building handing out literature. Man, I seen the video, man. I sent it to you, Michelle. I hope you got it out. Man. And the articles that I read on this said that it was dozens of them, man. I'm not sure the exact number. It was raw footage that IUIC had released. They haven't did the edits yet or whatnot. But, man, they had over 100 brothers out there, man. If it wasn't over 100, it was 100, but it was beautiful to watch. Some brothers was out there in ranks, all unified, wearing they purple and gold, uh, marching in unison, saying cadence, on point, unified, man. And they showed footage of uh, the barcade security. And, man, the security guard, the spirit the most high put on the security guard. The security guard was like, hey, man, um, I understand y'all out here. Uh, if my people get in y'all way, let me know. And then the brother was like, yeah, man, we out here having a peaceful protest. If any of my people block any of the interests of getting your way, come back and let me know. I mean, it was a peaceful exchange, but the spirit the most high put on these people, man, to let these brothers come out and do their thing the way they did it, man, is definitely sending a statement uh, to the nation, to our people, man, and waking our people up to where our people are like, hey, man, these all these black men out here together, and ain't nobody fighting. Ain't no damn shooting going on. That's what our people need to see, and we don't see that enough. All we see is like the article I opened up with, we, us killing each other. But these brothers out there, ain't no fight break out, and none of that mess go on, man, because we know how to conduct ourselves, man. When we get the book, we need, we got to have an instruction, man. We can't do this by ourselves. Don't think for one second when you see brothers like this unified, all in one accord, that they just made it up. <laughs> No, we the only thing we good at is fighting each other. That's the only thing we good at. Separation. Division that's the only thing we good at. But when we put pick this book up and get information on how to unify, we can be good at that also. But we gotta have an instruction manual. We do, man. And you know how niggas is. We don't like reading instructions. Think about the time you put the entertainment thing together and you left the door off. Well it was crooked. Well, he left. Where did screw go? We do not like reading instructions. But man, big up, big up to those brothers, man. Shout out to them. Y'all keep doing y'all thing, man. So y'all, I'm going to transition over now um, to the class. Let me see where I left off at. So we left off in the Josephus. I'm not going to do a recap. So let's do this, Hasadai. Let's do this right here. Here, get this. Um, so we're going to go back to this book. Read the book again and give them the author's name. 
So I'm transitioning over to the class, y'all. I'm done with the current events and the news. Uh, this is part four of Never Wax Tell, the origin of the falsified people that call themselves Jews, all right? So still dealing with people that are going around calling themselves Jews, the nominals, because <laughs> they ain't the true Jews. So we're going to the book. Read what is the title of the book? Who is Esau? Edom by Charles A. Weissman. All right. I've been reading from this book for a minute, y'all. We're going to page eight. And I want you to start at the top of page eight. This is kind of like a little recap, but it's then going into uh, what we're going to cover uh, in the hour that we got left. Page eight. Herod was a shrewd and unscrupulous tyrant. Now, this is talking about the same Herod or Herod from Matthew chapter 2, which we're going to go back to it in a little bit, but it's talking about him. And if you don't know history, y'all, this is uh, giving you a little education on history and who Herod is, because the Bible, first and foremost, is a history book. And if you don't have the history, you can't read things in proper context. Go on. And was despised by the Judites because he was an Idumean. So Herod was despised by us because he was an Edomite. He was from another nation. We knew this, and we, we made sure that we let him know this. And not one of their own stock. Herod hated the people of Judah, and he one what? hated the people of Judah. He hated us. One of the understandings, there was no love, but he hated us, Read. And one of his first acts was to execute 45 of the leaders of the old aristocracy to eliminate any rivalry for leadership. Now, what he did was he executed the Sanhedrin, which was made up of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and we covered that last week. You can go back to last week's uh, class and uh, check that out. But we got that out of the Josephus, and I forgot what other source we got it from. But read on. Having secured the kingship, Herod next destroyed the priestly line of Hyrcanus. So then he started killing off the priestly line of Hyrcanus, and this is talking about the Hasmonean dynasty, which is the, the Maccabees, the brothers that uh, we get the book of Maccabees from, the historical accounts of the Maccabees. So he killed their lineage off because he knew that he was a convert, and he had no rightful, uh, he didn't have a rightful heir to the throne to be king of Judea. Read on. The last being Antigonus, who taunted Herod with his Idumean origin and asserted that the kingdom should fall on one of the royal family. He's, what this dude was saying, his brother was saying was, uh, this king, the kingship should fall to an Israelite, not another nation. Read. Finally, he murdered Aristobulus, the last of the Aaronic high priests. So what he was doing was killing off that line, that the uh, Hasmonean dynasty, he was killing the lineage off. And he even went so far as to kill uh, a couple of his sons. Because he, what he ended up doing was, and it's going to tell you, he married in to our uh, nation. He married a black woman. Read on. Herod then sought to affiliate himself with the high priesthood through marrying Mariamne. Aristobulus's sister and the daughter of a high priest. See that? Read. Herod even rebuilt the temple as it was in ruins from repeated sieges, part of which Herod was responsible for by his attack upon the city. 
The temple of God became, in a sense, Herod's temple. So it's the same temple that Christ preached about being destroyed in the New Testament. Read. We thus find that in the years just before the time of Christ, Judea was controlled by an Edomite faction. By what? An Edomite faction. Now, where are you at right now? Let me see. Yeah, go ahead and read that. Who usurped the Judite name, land, and heritage. Under Hyrcanus, the Edomites were forced to be part of Judean culture, but under Herod, the Herodian faction had control over the Judeans' culture. Now, we went over this last week, how John Hyrcanus forced converged these Edomites to, to become Jews, so to speak, and uh, keep our laws and our customs. And Herod came from that lineage. His father was Antipater. And you can read about him in the Josephus. You, know, you can go online and just type it in. It'll pull him up. But uh, John Hyrcanus initiated the forced conversion, which brought Herod into power. Now, read on. Control over the Judeans' culture and way of life. So Herod and his nation got control over our culture and our life, and they ran away with it. Read. So, so this was... Uh, I can't even say it was uh, cultural appropriation at this time because we gave it away, like we just read in uh, Isaiah, man. We just, we be horned, man. We give, give stuff away for free. Read. Confounding the matter is the fact that some Judites had intermixed with Edomite, Canaanite, and other alien stock at the time they returned from the Babylonian captivity. And so this go way, 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 way back. So when we uh, were led into captivity under the Babylonians, we mingled with the other nations, which was some of the most high forbid. Read. Referenced in Ezra 9, 1, and 2, Nehemiah 13, 3, and 23 through 25. Read. These mixed blood people were also hostile toward the Judean Israelites. The land was not the kingdom of Judah, but the nation of the Jews. So you see how all these nations were hostile towards us? They never liked us. They still don't. Read. Judeans. Historically, the Edomites became known as Jews, a term derived from Judea. Now you hear this historically, that those same Edomites come from the Herodian lineage, became known as Jews. This is where you get the Jewish people from. This is their origin. This is their beginning. Read which was derived from the name Judah being royal line of Israel, though they were never of Judah or Israel. Right. When they say were never of Judah or Israel, the word Jew comes from the fourth-born son of Jacob, whose name was Judah. Jew is short for Judah. All right? But it, what they're saying is that these people didn't come from Jacob's fourth-born son, Judah, and they ain't even Israelites. During Titus's siege of the... Uh, so hold that, and let's get Matthew chapter 2 now. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. We're definitely coming back to that. But I want to read this in context, and I don't want anybody to be confused. I want to be clear with this. So, if, you know, you won't walk away from this scratching your head or saying, oh, Titus is probably making stuff up. No, nah, I don't make nothing up. I got proofs on proofs on proofs on that. All right, so Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. We're going to read the 4. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. 
Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Now, when it says of Her- in Judea in, in the days of Herod the king, this is talking about this exact same dude that we just read about in the book, who is Esau, who is Edom. And the same dude we were talking about last week, same dude. So these this is historical. These are historical events that actually happened. Read, saying, "Where is he that is born King of the Jews?" So Christ, he understood Christ was going to be born and be. He was going to be called King of the Jews. Now remember, at this time, who was the King of the Jews at this time? Herod, Herod, an Edomite from another nation. Read on. For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Mm-hmm. Verse 3, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. He was what? Troubled. Herod was troubled when he heard that Christ was going to be born and he was going to be king of the Jews because Christ was going to take away what? His place as king of the Jews. This is why he was troubled. Because remember, he went through all the trouble of killing the Hesmonian or the Maccabean lineage off. So he thought he was cool. He had nothing to worry about. But, man, who is this dude popping up talking about he's the king of the Jews now? Read. And all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. So he gathered a bunch of us together like, hey, man, y'all know this prophecy. Where are you going to be born at? Now, remember, this was not just our people. This was a lot of his people also. I'm prove that. Read on. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. So it says, Thus it is written by the prophet in the Old Testament. They knew the Bible. We knew the Bible. I want us to understand this. I'm going to show y'all. Read on. Verse 6 And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, Art not the least among the... I'm prim- sorry. I'm sorry. What verse are you in? We ended five. Uh, and that was okay. Five. Okay. So let's go to Acts now, chapter 13. Matter of fact, matter of fact, before we go there, reverse four again. Reverse three and four again. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests, and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Now, Herod gathered all these chief priests and scribes and say, man, where where is this going to happen at? Where is this written at? Keep that in mind. Let's go to Acts chapter 13, verse 1. And like I said, this was not just Israelites gathered together having this conversation with Herod. This was Herod's people, the, the uh, Edomites. Because we already went over how John Hyrcanus had uh, forced convert these people and forced them to be circumcised and forced them to know our law, but they didn't stop there. They got a thorough education on us and who we were and how to behave themselves like us. We finna prove it right here. Read this. Acts thirteen and one. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon. That was called Niger. That was called nigger, meaning black. Now, check, trip off of this. Now, this is how we know uh, that the true Jews are people of color. It says it right here clearly. Read. And Lucius, 
of Cyrene and Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod. So this brother had been brought up with who? With Herod. He had been brought up with Herod or with Herod. What do you mean he'd been brought up with Herod? They went to the same school, y'all. That's what it's talking about. They went to the same, for lack of a better term, it would be to this day and age, it would be called seminary school. They went to the same school. Remember how John Hyrcanus, he forced converted these people, made them learn all that, but it didn't stop there. Herod didn't denounce uh, our way of life. He kept it going even after he killed off our lineage by the ways of the Maccabees. Read on. The Tetrarch and Saul. So it says, who, matter of fact, read again from the top. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. So let's prove what it's talking about right here. Now let's go to uh, we're going to Wikipedia, Herodian Dynasty. Read that. Mm-hmm. Herodian Dynasty. The Herodian Dynasty was a royal dynasty of Idumean or Edomite descent. Now it says they were a royal dynasty of Idumean or Edomite descent. Okay. Now let's get Genesis chapter thirty-six. You might be saying, so I was probably dropping this word, Edomite and Esau, and we'd have heard this from the brothers. But what does this mean? So let's go into it, man. Let me show y'all who Esau is. Not just according to uh, secular sources, but according to the Bible. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 36, and I want you to read verse 1. We're going to jump a little bit. You there? No. Genesis and 1. Mm-hmm. Now these are the generations of Esau. These are the generations of who? Esau. Esau. Who? Well, we just read in um, Wikipedia and that other book. We don't get to it. Go ahead. Read on. Now these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. Right, and the title of the book is Who is Esau, Who is Edom? And he's already telling us that Herod was an Edomite. And this article we just read out of the uh, Wikipedia, read this part again. The Herodian dynasty was a royal dynasty of Idumean or Edomite descent. Y'all see that? Now, back to the Bible, Genesis 36, jump down to verse 8. Genesis 36 and 8. Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. Esau, Edom, one and the same, y'all. They're the same people. All right? Now, let's get some background information on them. Let's get Genesis chapter 25 now. Stay with me, y'all. I'm getting to a point. Genesis 25, verse 21. Genesis 25 and 21. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife. So his wife was Rebecca. She was pregnant at this time. And it said he entreated the Lord for his wife. Read. I'm sorry, this is before she got pregnant. So he's in, he's uh, entreat means to request. So he's requesting from the Most High that his wife get pregnant. Read. 
verse 21. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him. And the most high heard his request, read. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. She got pregnant, read. And the children struggled together within her. Mm-hmm. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. So she's pregnant. It says children, meaning more than one. So these were twins. And it tells you how the children were struggling. It means that the children were fighting. The children were fighting in the womb. And this is why she had to go and inquire of the Lord and say, hey, if this is a blessing, if this is a good thing, because remember she was barren at first, contrary to what the world thinks, they think that children is a curse and you've got to abort them and kill them. Well, actually, children are a blessing. She understood this. But what she didn't understand is, why am I going through all the pain and the struggles that I'm going through? I mean, this is way past Braxton Hicks. This is way past um, just the, the baby's kicking. These cats are scrapping. They're fighting. So she's like, hey, why am I going through all of this if this is a blessing? Read. And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. So the Most High told her, hey, you got two nations in your womb, meaning what? Two different manner of people. Their mannerisms are different. This is why they don't get along. This is why they're fighting in the womb. Read. And two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. Mm -hmm. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people. Now, remember, so they're going to be separated. Now, even though they were relatives, they were twins, for God's sake. This, the Most High is telling her, hey, they're going to be separated. No, they ain't going to be together. Even though they both come from their father, Isaac, they ain't going to get along. They're going to be separated. Read. Two men or people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people. One of them will be stronger than the other. Read. And the elder shall serve the younger. So given characteristics and things that are going to happen, prophecies, read. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. See, I ain't making stuff up, y'all. Read. And the first came out red. Now listen to this. The first baby came out red. Read. All over like a hairy garment. So they give us two traits of this baby. First of all, he's red, and the second trait is he's hairy. Who are the only people on the face of the planet when they happy, they red. When they sad, they red. When they drinking, they get redder. When they're bashful, they're red. They're, they call themselves red-blooded Americans. <laughs> they're red. And they hairy. They shave in the morning, and by five, they got what's called a five o'clock shadow. Read it again. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment. Read and they called his name Esau. They called him what? Esau. They called his name Esau. So this is the birth of Esau, the nation that Heroi comes from, the red people. And the only people on the face of the planet, y'all, we loosely refer to them as white, but you look at them, they are definitely a shade of red. That's a fact. All right, from there, let's go to Genesis chapter 27. So I'm going through all of this, y'all, so when we get to reading these history books, these secular sources about Herod and Esau and Edom, that y'all won't be lost. Y'all can see how it ties directly back to the Bible. 
Genesis chapter 27, verse 38. Genesis 27, 38. And Esau said unto his father. His father being Isaac. So to trace back Esau's lineage, I've done this already. His lineage, Abraham, Isaac, Esau. Okay? That's the lineage of Esau. So read that part again. And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Now this is the he this is Esau trying to get his birthright back, which he sold to his brother Jacob. And remember he said he hated his birthright, he even sold it, but now he's crying for it. Read. Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth. So he went on and gave him a blessing. He said, you know what? You're going to have the goodness of the earth. Everything the earth has to offer, you're going to have it. This is your uh, dominion, control, power, etc. Read. And? And of the dew of heaven from above. Now watch this. Listen to this for y'all. Verse 40. And by thy sword shalt thou live. By the sword you're going to live. <laughs> Who are the only people, historically, that everywhere they went and they took over, they used military action. Whether it was a sword, whether it was a Gatling gun, whether it was a cannon, whether it was a tank, whether it was a missile, whether it was germ warfare or uh, biological warfare, these people. There's only talking about one group of people, y'all. One group of people. Historic. These are facts. You can argue with facts, but to no avail. Read. And shalt serve thy brother. It says you're going to serve your brother with what? With the sword, man. This is what he's known for. He's known for his military might. His weaponry. Say so you're going to serve your brother with the same weaponry, and he has, by way of the conquest of America, by way of the transatlantic slave trade. He has. Read. And it shall come to pass, when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. This is the part I want to get to. When y'all, when you have had the dominion, you're going to break your brother's yoke off your neck. Remember, John Hycranus, the Edomites in chains and had them under servitude. But Herod, uh, by way of his father, Antipater, backdoored us, and now they got power and control and authority. So this is one of the prophecies that it's talking about right here. I hope everybody's seeing this. So that was verse uh, 40, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So let's go. Uh, hmm. Let's. Genesis 36. Back, back to Genesis chapter 36. And remember, it said that. Uh, matter of fact, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Read, read the next verse, verse 41. Verse 41. So we're in Genesis 27 and verse 41, y'all. And Esau hated Jacob 
because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. He hated Jacob, just like Herod hated us. This is not a coincidence. This is Bible prophecy. Read on. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. Right. The prophecy that uh, his his father told him in verse 40 that he was going to kill his brother. He was going to serve his brother with the sword. That's what it's talking about. And by thy sword shall thou live and shall serve thy brother. Serve him what? Death. I hope we understand this. Now let's jump. Now let's go back to Genesis 36 and 1. Genesis chapter 36 and verse 1. Now these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. So these are the Edomites' generations. Read. Esau took his wives of the daughters of Canaan. Which would be the Africans. Read. Adah, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and Aholibama, the daughter of Anah, the daughter of Zibian, the Hivite. Mm Mm-hmm. And Bashimah, Ishmael's daughter. So Esau married Ishmael's daughter. So uh, we already find out that he married the Canaanites, which would be the Africans. So the Africans have uh, Shemitic DNA by way of Esau. Um, it talks about uh, how he married Ishmael also. You got a lot of brothers running around talking about Esau is the heir. Yes and no. <laughs> the original Arab we know, Ishmael, one of Abraham's sons, uh, has that Shemitic uh, blood. But we also find out that there are other Ishmaelites that are mixed with Esau's blood, with white people's blood. I hope y'all seeing this. Uh, what verse were you in? Uh, verse three, three, right? Mm-hmm. Read on. We're going to read the five. And Bashamath, Ishmael's daughter, sister of Nebajah. Mm-hmm. And Adah bare to Esau Eliphaz, and Bashimoth bare Ruel. Mm-hmm. And Aholibama bare Jeush, mm-hmm. and Jalem, mm-hmm. and Korah. Mm-hmm. These are the sons of Esau, which were born unto him in the land of Canaan. Now, these are the sons of Esau. Now, did you see any place in there where it said Judah or Israel right there? Did you see that? I didn't read. Did you read that? Mm-mm. So is it fair to say that there is no Jew in his lineage? There is no Edomite in the lineage of Esau. I hope y'all are seeing this. Now let's get. Sorry, you said there's no. There's no one. No, you said there's no Edomite in the lineage of. There's no Jew or no Israelite in the lineage of Esau. Now we're going to First Chronicles chapter one. Mm-hmm. We just got Esau's lens, but don't worry. The Bible repeats itself. First Chronicles chapter 17. Oh, I'm tripping. First Chronicles chapter 1. We're going to read verse 17. Speak your notes, y'all. I'm sorry. So we're going to First Chronicles chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 17. We're going to jump around a bit. Listen to this. First Chronicles chapter 1, 
verse 17. Read. The sons of Shem. Now, these are the Shemites or the Semitic people. Read. Elam. These Indians. And Ashur. Mm-hmm. And Arphaxad. Mm-hmm. And Lud. Mm-hmm. And Aram. Mm-hmm. And Uz. Mm-hmm. And Hul. And Gether. And Meshach. All right. So these the Shemitic lineage. Now let's jump to verse uh, 28. Verse 28, the sons of Abraham. Now listen to this, y'all. These are the sons of Abraham, our forefather, read. Isaac and Ishmael. Right, because he had had Ishmael first, actually, then Isaac, but it's just tell you, Isaac and Ishmael, read. These are their generations, the firstborn. Jump down to verse... Thirty-four. And Abraham begat Isaac, the son, the sons of Isaac, Esau and Israel. So Abraham begat Isaac. Then Isaac had the two sons, the twins we just read about in Genesis, Esau and Israel. Notice it don't say Jacob because his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. I hope everybody is seeing this. Now, read, um, yeah, read verse 35. The sons of Esau, Eliphaz, Ruel, and Jeush, and Jalem, and Korah. So we already got Esau's lineage, and this reiterating it right here. And like I said, once again, you, you can read all of this, and you will not find anything that says Judah or Israel, because Israel was his brother. So how could... He come from his brother. That don't make sense. Now, jump over to First Chronicles chapter 2 and start at verse 1. First Chronicles chapter 2 and verse 1. These are the sons of Israel. Now, listen to this. These are the sons of Israel or Jacob, Esau's brother. These are his kids. This is his lineage. Read. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, Dan, Joseph, and Benjamin, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. So these are all his sons. I hope y'all seeing that. These are the sons of Israel. Did it mention anything about Esau? No, because it's impossible for Esau to appear in his lineage because this was his brother. So of course he couldn't be his brother and his uh, uh, son. <laughs> that don't even make sense. But the Jews said that they come from the lineage of Israel. Now, the Edomites say they come from the lineage of Israel. Now, read verse 3. Verse 3, the sons of Judah. The sons of Judah, where we get the word Jew from? Because they say they come from Judah. Read. Ur and Onan and Shalah, which three were born unto him of the daughter of Shua, the Canaanitess. And Ur, the firstborn of Judah, was evil in the sight of the Lord, and he slew him. So we just read about Judah's sons. Did you read anything where it said Esau? No, because Esau would have been Judah's uncle. (laughs) So how could he be his uncle and his, um, his brother at the same time? 
That don't even make sense. How could how matter of fact, how could he come from his uncle's lineage? <laughs> but these Edomites, these so called white people, they say they come from the lineage of Judah. How when he was your uncle? No, it's, it's impossible. You are what your father is. Like I said in the previous broadcast, their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. Okay? All right, y'all. Now, let's go back to the uh, Wikipedia. Let's finish talking about Herod, please. Read that again from the top. The Herodian dynasty was a was a royal dynasty of Idumean or Edomite descent, mm-hmm. ruling the Herodian kingdom. So this is where the lineage of Herod came from. This, this is their origin. They come from the Edomites. These are Esau's kids. Read. And later, the Herodian Tetrarchy. As now, in, the same Tetrarchy that is mentioned in Acts chapter 13. Get Acts chapter 13 again. I know it's a lot of information. I'm doing a lot of jumping, y'all, but I'm trying to paint a real clear picture for everybody. Read Acts 13 and 1. Acts 13 and 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. Herod the what? The Tetrarch. And what did they call him in this Wikipedia thing? The Herodian Tetrarchy. So this is talking about Herod, y'all. Read on in the article. As a vassal state of the Roman Empire, Mm -hmm. the Herodian dynasty began with Herod the Great, who assumed the throne of Judea with Roman support, Mm -hmm. bringing down the century-long Hasmonean kingdom. Right, and it goes hand-in-hand with what we just read in that book, book, who was Esau, who was Edom. Read. His kingdom lasted until his death in 4 BCE when it was divided between his sons as a tetrarchy, which lasted for about 10 years. Most of those tetrarchies, including Judea proper, were incorporated into Judea province from 6 BCE, though limited Herodian distilled kingship continued until Agrippa the first death in 44 CE. To who? Agrippa the first. Agrippa the first, y'all. Keep that in mind, read. And nominal title of kingship continued until 92 CE when the last Herodian monarch, Agrippa II, died and Rome assumed full power over his de jure domain. Mm-hmm. Agrippa II died. Now, hold on. Where are you at? Let me see. Give me a second. Hold on. Hold on. So go back to who's who's Esau, who is Edom, page eight. Ah, oh, no, not not yet. Don't read that yet. There's some I'm looking for. Sorry, y'all. Give me just a second. So it talks about um, Agrippa the second. 
Now, this Agrippa II, mm-hmm. we're going to get to him in a second. But I want to get, let's get Acts chapter 12 and verse 20. Acts chapter 12 and verse 20. And I'm I still, um, yeah. Go ahead, read. And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. So this is Herod the first. I'm sorry, Herod the second. Herod's son, right? This is Herod the second. It's talking about right here. It's in the Bible, y'all. Historical accounts. Read. But they came with one accord to him, having made Blastus, the king's chamberlain, their friend, mm-hmm. desired peace, because their country was nourished by the king's country. Mm-hmm. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. So Herod is sitting on his throne. He's have, uh, making, um, I guess he gave a speech, read. And the people gave a shout, saying, it is the voice of a God. And the people say, it's the voice of God, read. And not of a man. And not of a man, read on. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. Then immediately the angel of the Lord took Herod second out, killed him, read. Because he gave not God the glory. Because he didn't correct the people and say, no, man, it's me talking. This ain't God. So he really thought he was a God. And the Most High murked him because of this. Read. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Now, when you read accounts on this in history, they'll say he died probably of poison. (laughs) That's what they say. But we know the Bible says the Most High murked him and his body was eaten of worms. He gave up the ghost, meaning he died. Read on. Verse 24, but the word of God grew and multiplied. All right. Now, let's jump to, um, just wanted to give y'all that history, man, and show y'all this is factual information. Now, let's get, uh, man, I wish I would have just pulled it up. Yeah, but that ain't the one that I want. Let me see if it is. Mm. Hey, y'all, this one like this. Take that split screen off. I think you just lost it. (sighs) Hold on for a second, y'all. I'm sorry. Type in a group of the second.
right, read this. Tell them where you at. From Wikipedia, Herod Agrippa II. And get early life. Go ahead and read that. Officially named Marcus Julius Agrippa and sometimes shortened to Agrippa, was the last ruler from the Herodian dynasty reigning over territories outside of Judea as a Roman client. So this Her- this Agrippa is from the Herodian dynasty, from that lineage. He was the last one to reign as a power figure. Read on. Agrippa II fled Jerusalem in 66, fearing the Jewish uprising and supported the Roman side in the first Jewish-Roman war. We're going to get to that. Read on. Early life. Mm-hmm was the son of the first and better known Herod Agrippa. Y'all see that? Real. And the brother of Berenice Miriam. And the brother of Berenice Miriam. Read. And Drusilla, second wife of the Roman procurator Antonius Felix. He was educated at the court of the emperor Claudius, and at the time of his father's death, he was only 17 years old. Mm-hmm. So when his daddy... Um, Agrippa the first died. He was 17, read. Claudius therefore kept him at Rome and sent Cuspius Fadus as procurator of the Roman province of Judea. Mm-hmm. While at Rome, he voiced his support for the Jews to Claudius and against the Samaritans and the procurator of Idea province, Ventidius Cuminus. Now, remember the Samaritans, when we read this last week, those are his people. So he was going against his own people, and he was uh, supposedly fighting for us. Read. Who was lately thought to have been the cause of some disturbances there. But you see how much that they had entrenched themselves in with our culture and our heritage to where they actually thought they were us and needed to fight for our causes? So read that, the rise of power. On the death of King Herod of Chalcis in 48, his small Syrian kingdom of Chalcis was given to Agrippa, with the right of superintending the temple in Jerusalem. So he handed uh, rulership down to the temple, Jerusalem. His, he handed down to his sons. His lineage took over. Read. And appointing its high priest, but only as a tetrarch. Mm-hmm. In 53, Agrippa was forced to give up the tetrarchy of Chalcis, but in exchange, Claudius made him ruler with the title of king over the territory. And it's talking about Claudius Caesar, y'all. These are historical events. Read. Previously governed by Philip, namely Batanaeus, Trachonitis, and Gasolutinitis, and the kingdom of Lysanias in Abila. The Tetrarchy of Chalcis was subsequently in 57 given to his cousin Aristobulus. Herod Agrippa celebrated by marrying off two, his two sisters, Mariamne and Drusilla. Flavius Josephus, the Jewish historian, repeats the gossip that Agrippa lived in an incestuous relationship with his sister, Berenice. See, I hear this. Uh, uh, Josephus said that this dude was born in his sister. And we're we going to get to it, read on. In 55, the emperor Nero added to Agrippa's realm the cities of Tiberias and Teriarchariche in Galilee and Levias, with 14 villages near it in Perea. It was before Agrippa and his sister Berenice that... And his sister Berenice, read, the, the one he was accused of uh, having intercourse with, read. 
sexual relations. Read. That according to the New Testament, Paul, the apostle, pleaded his case at Caesarea Maritima. Now, let's go there. Because it quotes the Bible. This, this is history, man. So, know what the Bible, y'all. So, let's get Acts chapter 25. And we'll start at verse 13. Chapter 25, verse 13. And after certain days, King Agrippa. This, and- this is Agrippa the second, y'all. Agrippa the second. Read. And Bernice. The Bernice. Remember his sister. Who they said, who Josephus said he was having intercourse with, he had married her in Cesar's relationship, remember? Read. Came unto Caesarea to salute Festus. Mm-hmm. And when they had been there many days, Festus declared Paul's case unto the king, saying, There is a certain man left in bonds by Felix, about whom when I was at Jerusalem, the chief priest, and the elders of the Jews informed me, desiring to have judgment against him. To whom I answered, it is not the manner of the Romans to deliver any man to die before that he, before that he which is accused have the accusers face to face and have license to answer for himself concerning the crime laid against him. So uh, Agrippa and Bernice came uh Festus is telling them what what happened with Paul, what he was accused of, et cetera, et cetera. Now, um, jump down to chapter 26 and start at verse 1. Verse 26, of whom I have no certain thing to write unto No, 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 chapter 26, verse 1. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, thou- Now this is when, because in verse in chapter twenty five, he's letting you know it's about to be a trial, and Agrippa decides that he's going to sit in on the trial of Paul. Now pay close attention to this, y'all. Read. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wait a minute. What did he just tell Agrippa? I know thee to be expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. He said you are expert. Now, why is Paul saying that he's an expert? Remember what we read in Acts chapter 13, that his daddy, Herod, had went to school with some prophets and teachers that was at Antioch. He had went to seminary school. His daddy had this, this point handed down our customs and heritage to his son. This is why Paul saying you're an expert in, in things pertaining to the Jews, because he had been the Seminary school also. He had been schooled in our custom and our traditions and our laws also. I hope everybody's seeing this. For I beseech thee to hear me patiently. He said, hear me patiently, read. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews. 
which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. A Pharisee. Was uh, Agrippa familiar with Agrippa the second familiar with the Pharisees? Of course he was, because his father was, and his father before him was, going all the way back to Herod. Now jump over, jump down to uh, verse 28. As a matter of fact, verse 26. 26 and 26? Yeah. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. This is Paul still speaking. He said, man, the king already know all this stuff. How would he know this stuff? Hope you all paying attention. Read. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. Everybody was talking about it, read. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophet? He asked him what? Believest thou the prophet? How the hell would King Agrippa know about the prophets that are written in the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament of the Bible? How would he know this? Read it again. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophet? Because he had been schooled by us. Read. I know that thou believest. Paul I know you believe. Read. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. He said, man, you always almost persuade me to follow Christ. This is what Paul is telling Agrippa. I'm sorry, Agrippa is telling Paul. Now, remember, this was not somebody from our nation. I know there are some people that want to be rapper-turned-preacher, whatever the hell he call himself, Vocal Malone, be pulling this verse trying to justify the heathen being saved. No, son, you need to read it in context. Y'all want to run around and pretend that history has no relevance to the Bible, reading it like it's a religious book, and don't even know what the hell you read. Read it again. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Cultural appropriation again. Now listen to what Paul said. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both, almost, and together, such as I am, except these bonds. So they try to say that Paul is saying that, yeah, he wished that Agrippa was a Christian. Now, think about it. Paul was sentenced to death. He's pleading for his life right now. If everyone was a follower of Christ, would Paul be in the situation that he's in? If the Jews that accused Paul initially of blasphemy had been followers of Christ, would Paul be getting put on trial right now? Hell no, he wouldn't. So, of course, Paul would say, I wish... All the Jews was followers of Christ. Read things in context, people. In context. All right. Uh, what verse was that? Verse 20. So now jump to uh, Acts 20. That was 26, right? Mm-hmm. We read all of that. Get Second Kings now. Second Kings chapter four verse thirty eight. We got a little time left. Man, I'm sorry, y'all. We might not even be able to get to it because nature is calling. 
Either. Either. Four and what? Second Kings four and what's that one? I didn't say the was verse. Uh, Second Kings four thirty eight. Thirty eight. Second Kings verse chapter four verse thirty eight. Hold on for a second, y'all. Where we at? Second Kings chapter four verse thirty eight. Read. And Elisha came again to Gilgal. And there was a Darth in the land, and the sons of the prophets. The what? The sons of the prophets. The sons of the prophets. And the reason I went here, y'all, is, and I'm going to go over a couple more scriptures, but when it says the sons of the prophets, it's referring to students, y'all. We had schools set up. The sons of the prophets, read. Were sitting before him, and he said unto his servant, set on the great pot. And seize cottage for the sons of the prophets. Now get Second Kings chapter two and verse five. You'll see this phrase mentioned a whole bunch of times, y'all. Second, the sons of the prophets. Read. Second Kings two and five. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? So the sons of the prophets was telling uh, Elisha this about Elijah being taken away. And the sons of the prophets, like I said, once again, these were students, man. They were studying the scriptures. They were studying the Holy Scrolls. No different than we read in Acts chapter 13 and verse 1 about uh, Herod going to seminary school and learning our ways and cultures. And we read about Agrippa II, Herod's lineage. Later on, they're at Paul's trial, and Paul saying, hey, man, I know you know about us. You're an expert on these things. Because he was taught, too. He went to our school also. I hope you all understanding that um, and understanding, first and foremost, that the Bible is a history book, man. And all, how all the history is lining up with the Bible, these other books that I'm bringing out. Now, I think this is a good place to stop. Um, let me mark my place. But I hope y'all got some edification out of the class. And um, anybody have any questions or uh, comments, concerns, y'all can hit me up at area code 314 482 man. But I hope y'all got some edification out of the class. Matter of fact, let's go back to uh, who is Esau, who is Edom, and read page, uh, yeah, read that eight again. Let me see. Uh, mm, no, I don't want that. Because Let's go. Let's lead it into uh, what I'm gonna cover. I just kind of hate to lead like this, but I only got like two minutes. That is not ninety seconds, as a matter of fact. To go into um, the rest of the class, yeah, I'm gonna just end it with that, y'all. So I want to send um, shouts out, man, to the twelve tribes, twelve tribes worldwide, man. Uh, all the brothers and sisters that are doing their thing, man, working on getting their spirit right, uh, getting prepared for the return of our Savior, Yahweh Shai, 
ready for the marriage, man, because that's what it actually is. It tells you that in um, Matthew, the 25th chapter. Um, but uh, like I said, may I have any questions, concerns, comments? How's that? You got anything you want to say? Hmm? All right, y'all. So that, that does it for uh, blog talk uh, this morning. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be back on the air next week. But until then, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to please tune in to Tug Pod. Tuesday. Tug Pod. Tuesday. Tug Pod. Tuesday. Every Tuesday. And with that, y'all, we're going to say shalom. The water for hooking up the broadcast and shabbat. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.